Good morning, church. Okay, let's try that one more time because there's a whole lot of people here. So good morning, church. That was a whole lot better. Well, I'm Heather Hampton, for if you don't know me, we have some visitors today, and we are so glad to see everybody here and online, and we have these great kids up here who are ready to show you what they've learned this week. For some of you that don't know, we had Bible school this week, um, Sunday through Tuesday. It was awesome. Um, We were nervous. Um, We've not had Bible school in a few years, and we were nervous what was going to happen. We had the first night we started with 12 kids. But what blessed me even more is we had 38 workers. It was awesome. The, you guys, we know you were praying for us. We know that um, some of you who have not served in Bible school before, it's been a long time, showed up to serve at Bible school, and we had a great night. And each night we got more and more kids, which is absolutely awesome. We were able to bless kids' lives and share our love for Jesus with them. So today, they are here, and this makes me so excited, because it's been four years since our kids have been able to perform Bible school music, and I love Bible school music, and Heather Rothy has done a phenomenal job teaching these kids, so they're going to do a little bit of bucket drumming, they're going to do some singing, and then we're going to do some dancing, so I hope you all are ready, these guys are high energy, so be ready for it, so I'm going to turn it over to Heather now.
church mother in a church hat clap Man, that sugar gave her color purple coming back clap uh, When that whole week beat you up and stress you But you hear that organ playing and remind you of your blessings And on another note, she just hit another note She around my spine, got me crying, make me overload For any of you that want to learn the church clap, Heather has a great aerobics program. She had me all week and I had muscles hurting that I didn't know hurt anymore. So it is an excellent program if you want to learn the church clap. We had a lot of fun with that. The kids did a great job. Um, so I have morning announcements today. Um, there will be no Wednesday prayer or share this week as Pastor Cliff and his family are headed out to see Daniel. Today is Daniel's birthday. I hope you're watching Daniel because we just called you out on it. Um, but they will be traveling. Please be in prayer for their family as they travel to see Daniel this week. Uh, with that, next Sunday we have Shannon Ford, who is the missions director and disaster relief for IBSA. He will be our guest speaker um, Sunday as pastor will be gone. So please join us for that and for the message that God brings through him. Also, um, this week was a week where... Um, we all had opportunities to share and serve. Um, just on a personal note, I was able to, I was asked in a moment of need to go and help with Lunch Bunch. If you guys haven't helped with Lunch Bunch yet, at some time when our church is called, you need to see Jeanette Baker and go. Those of you that came to serve at Lunch Bunch, thank you so much. Our church um, blessed a lot of people. I was very impressed. So if you, don't, if you don't know about that, that's a program in our community that serves adults and children who don't always have food. And um, we commented numerous times that God was there and blessing us. Um, there is never enough food to serve the people who they have. Some days we served over 200 people, and the food that was provided was never enough. But our church was able to cook extra the night before, um, bring extra things so that there was always plenty of food so that we could serve our community. So if you ever have the opportunity, you hear them about Lunch Bunch, I'm going to tell you go because it is an awesome experience, um, an awesome time to go and serve our community through our church. Um, now I'm going to ask Richard Hazelwood to come and lead us in prayer. I would have to say if I did some of the things that they did up here, my back would hurt even worse than it does. Um, I just can't move like that anymore. I don't know if they ever did. How many of you have gotten in trouble for beating on pots and pans in the house? <laughs> well, nobody raised their hand, but with the laughter, I can understand. I don't know if I did that very much, but I did play basketball in the living room. So above every door, there's probably spots behind the, the wallpaper that aren't so good anymore. So anyhow, let's bow together as we pray. Father, we do thank you very much for watching over us and caring for us. We thank you for loving us and sending your son Jesus to die for us. May we be as excited about that as we are other things so we can tell others about that so that we'll not be alone on the day you return to call us home. Father, we've had a number of prayer requests given, and we pray that you would be involved in those situations, that your, your will would be done, and that 
what you want to see happen would happen. And let us all in every situation be willing to be the person you want us to be so we can be a witness in faithfulness for you. We ask that and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you please stand with me, we'll come together and worship God through song. shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the only rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, for my soul longs and even pains for you, for here my heart is satisfied within your presence I see beneath the shadow of your wings better is one day in your courts better is one day in your house better is one day in your courts than Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere, thousands elsewhere. 
One thing I ask and I will seek to see your beauty to find you in the place your glory dwells. One thing I ask and I will seek to see your beauty to find you in the place your glory dwells better is one day in your courts better is one day in your house better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere better is one day in your courts better is one day in your house better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere my heart and flesh cry out for you the living god your words water to my soul and i've tasted and i've seen come once again to me i will draw near to you i will draw near to you better is one day in your courts better is one day in your house better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere better is one day in your courts better is one day in your house better is one day in your course than thousands elsewhere better is one day in your course better is one day in your house better is one day in your course than thousands elsewhere better is one day in your course better is one day in your house better is one day in your course than thousands elsewhere thousands elsewhere please be seated Well, after all of that, I'm not going to be as noisy. <laughs> but isn't it beautiful uh, to be part of what's going on there, to, uh, to, to see the kids and the joy in their th- I mean, just to watch them up here and watch their expressions, the fact that they were comfortable standing in front of all of you doing all of those things. And so, uh, you know, it's just it's kind of cool to have Vacation Bible School. So we're in, we're going to finish up first chapter. All right, we're going to finish up 1 John, then you get a guest speaker next week. So we're going to finish up the last part of chapter 5. So if you've got your Bibles, we'll be in 1 John 5. If you're on the Bible app, it's there. If you look up the Bible app, if you have it on your phone, then tag events and look for Emmanuel Baptist Church. That's where you're at, okay? Then you'll get all the sermon notes, announcements, all that stuff's in there. So here we are in the book of 1 John. 
We've talked about John, the disciple, the apostle. He wrote a lot of cool books, right? He wrote, he wrote the book of Revelation. And it's one of those books that, that we're doing and have you read now. It's interesting to read uh, through that. But he also wrote the Gospel of John. Now, why is that important for us to remember? Because he tells us a story about Jesus. And some of the same things that we see in John, we see pop up in 1 John. We see, we see come back to life. We know that, do you know when somebody's paid attention to what you've been doing? Right? They, they get it. Like these kids up here. They've been working on it all week. It showed when they got up here. It showed that they had paid attention. So when we read through the book of 1 John, we read through that letter, we see some of those same things pop back up and go, hey, I believe I, re I read that in the book of John. In other words, Jesus spoke it, and John's going to use it and tag off of that to teach us. So he writes the gospel of John. If you look at the end of the 20th chapter, he writes the gospel so that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that he's the Messiah, right? He wants us to know all this about Jesus so we can be saved, so we can put our trust in the one who came to die for our sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. That's John 3.16. He wants us to know that so that we can have eternal life. Greatest gift that we could ever have is eternal life. And so with that, he writes, we're going to look at, we look at 1 John as complementary to the book of John, the gospel of John. In other words, he ends pretty much the book. There's a 21st chapter, and that's the story where Jesus is on the shore. But he ends the book of John with the idea of you know enough now to be saved. Once you get saved, what do I do? We all had that moment, right, when we brought our, brought our first child home from the hospital. You're okay, now what? Right? I mean, you know, it was, it was, all, it was all good and fine. And we were all excited, and then we get them home, and they're like, Ooh, they require care, and they require care at two in the morning, okay? So, so, so we get that. You know, it's, it's what do I do now that I've had this? We have that new birth. We become Christians. What does it mean that we become a Christian? What do we do? It's the now what? It's how to have faith, and it's how to live faith when we look at First John. In other words, here's the catch, because Sometimes we don't get this. When we come to know Christ, we get saved. Life should look different after we have Jesus in our life than it did before. It's honest how it looks. Too often what we do is we get saved and then we go on living like we did before. What we want to do and what John is trying to drive at, and apparently John is dealing with the issue back then that we have today, that I got saved, and I, it's just another, for a culture that had all these gods, it was another thing on the shelf for many of them. And I think it's the same thing for us today. It's one of those things where we check it off. Yeah, I went to church, I got saved, got baptized, and then I'm going to go on living life like I want. But John's not telling you to do it that way. That's not the way Jesus set it out. And so in that process of sanctification that occurs, we need to be changing and becoming better people. Well, that'd be good. But how about if we become Jesus people? How about if we aim to be like Jesus instead of a better version of the previous cliff? 
And that's what we're trying to drive at, and that's what John is trying to drive at. We've, we've looked at four major themes throughout the book of 1 John, and these things are going to come home today. We looked at light is one of the themes that he talks about, assurance, righteousness, and love. These are all going to be rearranged, and, and I'm sorry, but they won't be as easy to memorize as they were last week, okay? But here we're, we're going to look at those. Now, you have already heard that, that we're going to be going next Sunday. Hold your applause. Okay? We'll be going. And that means we're going to road trip it. We're going to pack up some suitcases, bags, whatever, um, half the house, and, and we're going to head out to see Daniel, apparently. You know, and we'll be gone for a short period of time. Uh, we'll have clothes for summer, winter, spring. Um, we'll have enough toothpaste for 17 families. You know, things like that, right? So, so, so I'm going to tell you a little story. Lisa and I have went some places on a motorcycle. We, we used to go out to Ridgecrest. It was called Rally to Ridgecrest. And Lisa got to go with me three or four times she got to go out there with me. And there were a couple other road trips with the motorcycle. Now, a motorcycle is different than your SUV, your minivan, or your automobile. I, my, we, we, when I was a kid, we drove a, a, a 75 Grand Mercury Marquis. You could put the kitchen sink in the trunk, okay? You could haul the a second spare tire, all of the clothes that my mom thought we needed, and all of the tools that my dad ever owned, okay? I mean, just in the car kind of went like this. We look like low rider, right? But anyway, that, that's, that's how we, I grew up packing like that. But when you get on a motorcycle, you have to learn to pack differently. I listened to a guy telling me about, he went the same direction to the same kind of places. He didn't go to Ridgecrest, but he went the same kind of places for the same time with his wife. And he came back and said, I need a trailer. He was talking to another motorcycle. He says, I think we're going to get a trailer. And I looked at him and I said, you need to learn how to pack. Okay, I didn't make a friend that day. All right. But you got to learn what's essential when you're going on your trip. What's the essentials? Lisa looked at me with her purse and she goes, can I take this? No. Okay, your purse is bigger than the bag. All right, it's not going to work. So, unless you, you know, kind of, kind of thing like that. See, all understand, as we walk this Christian life, we chase a lot of rabbits down. We want to know what's going to happen at the end and when it's going to happen. All right, if you've, you've noticed, we have an abundance of Hazelwood people here. If you'll check with them, they have it down to the minute. I have to be finished at a certain time today. It's on the schedule. Correct? Yeah. Okay. So I get that, all right? So we want to know what's going to happen in the future. I want to tell you this. All you need to do is be ready for the trumpet sound. You don't have to know when it's going to happen. We, the essential is being ready, not knowing when. Okay? That's how we got to live. And so when I'm looking at First John here, and we're going to close out the book, we're going to come back to the essentials of what we need to do as Christians. Let's read here, and, and we're going to 1 John, we're going to pick it up in the 13th verse. This has been our theme verse throughout. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Love that verse, right? 
This is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will for, for him give life to those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should make a request for this. All unrighteousness is sin and there is a sin not leading to death. We know that no one who is born of God sins, but he who has been, he who is, who, excuse me, he who is born of God keeps him and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ, that is the true God and eternal life. And he ends with this statement, little children, guard yourselves from idols. Powerful scripture in there. Scripture that should make you think of references back to the book of John. You'll see those things in there and encourage you to read that again a little bit later, maybe today or this week. Let's talk about the the four major themes, the first one I want to talk about is assurance because that's the first one the text that we read dealt with, all right? This is the assurance. John wants you to know if you're saved or not. I mean, you can't live like a Christian if you're not one. That's just the way it is, right? You can, you can try to fake it, but it's going to fall apart. So he wants you to know if you're a Christian. He wants you to know if you're a Christian. He says that you may know, all right, that you may know. That's what he's talking about. So because if you don't know Christ, you can't start living a new life. And so that's the idea. And that's the question to us as we read through this. John's writing to the church. But you'll hear said, I mean, Billy Graham said that before. Oftentimes, there's lost people in church, right? Well, so what we want to address, and what I want to address now is I want to ask you the question. Are you ready? If you've been to one of the, the, the funerals that I've done, I'll talk about the life of the person, but then I'll ask because I'll say all of us end up here in, in, in this box. My question to you is, are you ready for that time? It's coming and you're not ready. You're not ready to go until you know Jesus. It's not if you've got all your paperwork filled out. It's not if you've got everything uh, tagged with the names of all your family members so they all get their stuff. Your readiness is if you know Jesus or not. All the rest of the stuff they'll figure out. They can fix that, but they can't fix your eternity. And so that's why I asked that question. That's why I'm asking the question today. We talk about this. John wants to know, wants you to know if you know Jesus. And I'm going to ask you that question. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you ever asked for forgiveness of your sins? Have you ever asked Jesus to, to be your Savior? Repented of your sins. Those, those kind of things. The admit, believe, confess is how we worked it with the kids. And, and so I, I'm a sinner. I can't get to heaven by doing good. That's, that's kind of the way I grew up. It was like Santa Claus all year long. If you're not good, you won't go to heaven. 
So, well, I'll be good because heaven sounds like a good place. But the fact is, my goodness, you know, mowing the lawn, cleaning the vacuum and the carpets and, and not getting arrested, all those things, they don't, there's not a checklist. You know, we hear this thing about Peter standing at the gates and stuff like that. I don't think Peter's standing at the gates. I don't see Scripture that supports that. And there's no checklist there to say, have you done this, done this, and done this? It's the book of life. And is your name written in it? And so that's why I asked the question, and that's why John wants to get it right. You need to be saved in order to live like a Christian. It becomes your, your launching pad. We talked about, you know, when we were down at New Orleans, we got to see the missionaries sent around the world. You can't be sent until you know Jesus. It becomes the launching pad, the birth that leads to grow. And so that's why we ask about the assurance. The next thing that we talk about is love. And that's one of the major themes throughout the book of 1 John is the idea of love. Now, I want to look at this, and there's a, there's a lot of stuff in here that I'm not going to cover. I encourage you to read it, mull over it, ask me about it later. But he talks about the assurance and he talks about love. Now he frames love in two manners throughout the book. You love God, and you love your brother. Now how do you do that? I could ask you all to say that you love somebody next to you, but I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is, is this. When, he, when John says that we need to love God and we need to love our brother, our neighbor, our brother and sister, He's talking about not saying it, but doing it, right? In the book of John, 1 John, it's not about what you say as much as it is about what you do. It's easy to say something. It's harder to do it. And what he's asking is the actions. So that's what he's talking about. So as we read through the latter part of the 15th, or, or the fifth chapter there, we see that he talks about loving your brother, and he does loving God in this way. Ask anything. Don't we light up? I mean, almost, we're almost going, well, I, I, I'd like a new Corvette. Um, and while, I'm, while you're at it, God, while you're, while you're out and about getting the Corvette for me, how about throwing in a Porsche for Tuesday? And Wednesday would be nice to add another motorcycle to the garage. Oh, by the way, while you're out, we probably need a bigger garage. You know, I mean, it almost sounds like ask anything you want, he's, you're going to get it. God is not a genie there for your whims. And then he says this, ask anything according to his will. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Because my will and his will don't always line up when I'm thinking about worldly things. So if I'm going to love God, I'm going to pray. Why is that important? How many of you love somebody? Yeah. Have you talked to them recently? I mean, it hasn't been like six years since you've talked to them, has it? You don't only come and talk to them when the... the, the you got a problem. Hey, the light bulb's out. Oh, by the way, I love you. 
Okay? I mean, that's not how we have a relationship, is it? We are, we are on a constant basis of talking with the ones that we love. And so if we love God, it's going to bear out and then we're going to talk with Him and we're going to pray. And then we're going to try to figure out what God wants for our life. That's loving God. And so then when we pray and talk to God, we're going to do what? We're going to pray according to His will. Because we have a desire to see God's will done. Not Cliff's will. Not your will. But God's will. So when we talk about that theme of love, it opens up here again in that attitude of prayer and praying according to His will so that His name would be glorified. Not mine and not yours. And then he moves on. As he's talking about praying, if you see your brother, um, this goes back to Genesis, right? The idea of When you see somebody that's your brother or sister in Christ and you see them being lured off of the narrow path that we need to be walking on, what do you do? Shame on them. I can't wait to tell somebody at church about them. No. What's he tell you to do? If you're going to love your brother and you see them in a, in a place that they shouldn't be, you see sin in their life, what do you do? You pray for them. And then you let God work on that. God may use you to correct some of that, but we want to pray. We, I, don't want to play, I don't want to take God's place. So I want to pray in that situation because I love my brother and I love my sister in Christ. I want to, I want to pray that they would get right with God. I want to pray that, God, that when they get right with God, then God can use them to impact this world. We live in a messy world, don't we not? We live in a world that's full of pain and full of suffering and full of trouble and full of sin. And oftentimes, what's the answer to the problem? We throw money at problems. We throw the government at problems. We need to throw some prayer at it. So that starts with praying for your brother. The theme of righteousness pops up in here. The theme of righteousness pops up in here. What's our goal? John set a goal for us in 2-1. Okay? You remember what that goal was? Remember I, I gave you that track example where we were going to lose so we lost well? Because we aimed at losing and we lost Coach should have been proud of us, but he chewed us out the next day. I mean, he told us we were going to lose. We, we lost. Because we set our goal to lose. And so, as Christians, we often set our goal not to sin much. To sin a little less than the other guy. To sin less than the guy that doesn't go to church. That's, sometimes, that's oftentimes where we set our goal. But what John says is this, I'm writing this letter so that you may not sin. And, and it stops. That's the goal. Because our goal is to what? Look like Christ. How much sin did he have in his life? None. So our goal is none. Are we going to hit it? No. I know that. But John says set the goal there. 
Don't aim less. Aim at the no sin. That's what he's asking us. That's the idea of righteousness. And he says, no one who is born of God sins. Again, it's, that's a powerful word, right? No, no one who is born of God sins. And when I read that and try to understand that, the, the idea that as we live, and what John's talking about is the idea that we're not aiming to sin. We're aiming for the righteousness that we're called to walk in. We're aiming for the righteousness that Jesus walked in. That's what we're trying to do. That's the goal. We're, we're, not, trying, we're not trying to remain in it. I used to drive around St. Louis, like a lot. And, and I remember occasionally seeing the car that I knew that there was no way they knew what was on the bottom of that stack in the back seat because it was piled all the way to the top of the seat. They were comfortable driving around with, uh, they could have increased their fuel mileage by like 10 miles an hour, 10 miles a gallon, okay? Just if they'd emptied their car out. But they got comfortable with that. And too often as Christians, we get comfortable with the mess of our life. And we don't aim to get any better. But when John says no one who's born of God sins, we cannot be comfortable in our sin. That's what he's asking us to do. So when we talk about this idea, this is, this is the essentials, right? This is essentials, that we know God, that we love God, that we love our brother, and that we're, our aim is the righteousness of God. And then last of the themes, I'm not done, but the last of the themes is this, light. Do you remember John 1? The light. It talks about the light. In chapter 1 of 1 John, he states that God is light. That God is light. That's that driving theme that he gets at. God is light. And then he follows, he, he says it this way in the verses that we read. We know that the Son of God has come. The light is the truth of God's Word. In the book of John, John has dealt with the false prophets. He, didn't, he wasn't kind he didn't soft-pedal it. He called him Antichrist. That's how he looked at the people who were opposed to Christ, the Antichrist. Because they're out there peddling a different Jesus. They're out there peddling a different way of salvation. And so, what John has tried to get across to us is, that's wrong. This is is God. This is the Son of God. The Son of God came down from His throne, and He became flesh. The deity of the Godhead dwelt in the earthly body of Jesus. There are those that don't understand it, so they explain it away. I don't have to understand all that God is. Otherwise, I've made God too small. It's just the way it is. What would happen to math if we only did the math I understood? There we go. Or the English that I understood. All right. God is light. We know that the Son of God has come. Who is that? That is Jesus. Who is Jesus? 
the one we were waiting for. The one the world's waiting for. Jesus in John 14, 6, we go back. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus Christ. He is the only way, the light to illuminate the truth of the fix for our problem, of the way to eternal life. That's the themes that John works with in the book of 1 John. What are we going to do with it? What's the action step that we're going to take away from this? In other words, the book of 1 John was written so the readers would change what they were doing. They would look at it, read it, apply it to their life, and that their life would be different, transformed. So when we read the text today, short passage of Scripture that we read what should we do with it? I'm going to simplify it this way. You can do some other things from it, but I want to ask you this. Love God and love your brother. Sounds easy, right? Matter of fact, I love you, and I love you, God. But here's what I want you to do. John didn't want you to write down when you said it, John wanted you to write down when you did it. So what I'd like you to do is keep that little notepad next to you. Uh, some of you got your phone. You can keep it right there. So you've always got a notepad with you, and you can even talk to it. Keep it that way. But however you do it, I'd like you to write down how you loved your brother and how you loved God. Some of that happened last week, but you got a new list. So if you served at lunch, bunch, or you did something along that line, you loved your brother. Simple as that. How do you write down those kind of things that you acted in love the way God has led you to do? And look for those things. Let's aim at loving God, and let's aim at loving our brother. We don't aim at it, we won't hit it. So that's what I'm going to ask you to do, is to love God, love your brother, and write it down. If you'd like to share that with me, You've got two weeks to take notes, because I'm not going to be here next Sunday to get it. My wife won't let me show up, okay? But here's the deal. I want, just, I, want, I want you to be known as a person that loves people the way Jesus loved. Let's stand. Adam's going to come. He's going to lead us in a song. We call this invitation time. It's response time. If God has led you to do anything, to respond in any way, then make your way forward. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come talk to me. Because I, I, I want to know that you're ready. There's somebody else in here that's been praying for you. So let's get that right. Maybe you want to come and pray for your neighbor, your brother. Maybe you're aware, we talked about you, you're aware of sin in somebody's life and you just, you just want to come and pray. Do what the scripture said. You want to pray for them. Let's sing.
hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small, child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for these that have gathered. And Father, I pray that we would go out and Father, be a light to this world, Lord, as we seek to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you would, have a seat. I just want to say something carefully here, because he doesn't know I'm going to do it, so let me step aside. you got to um, be on the camera. Oh, off camera. Uh, pastor's going on vacation this week. He's finally taking his beautiful bride and his daughter out of here going to see their son. So if you have a situation this week, don't call him. We now have a secretary. There'll be somebody in the office. They'll have my number. You call me or call that number and, and they get to me. If we need to let him know, we'll let him know. But don't ask him to come back. Don't ask him to help you out until he gets back on his own and take care of it. Now, also, if you're in a steady Tonight, uh, I didn't hear anything about the other studies meeting tonight, but uh, the uh, chosen study, I'd like for them to come down and meet down front right after the service. We need to discuss that. If you're in the chosen study or want to be, come down and see us here. Remember now, don't call Cliff. 
By Tuesday, I'm going to say, call me. <laughs> All right. By Wednesday, my wife will be call, saying, call him. Okay? All right. Just imagine. Pray for my wife. She's going to spend days with me. All right. I tell you, I want to do a couple things. Terry, stand up. So this is Terry. This is who's on the other end of the phone Monday, okay? So she'll take your call, and um, we'll see what she does what next, okay? I only, she's only been trained for like a week, so she, you know, how that goes. So we'll work on that. Um, show the Have You Read. This is the Have You Read for this week. I'm not going to do videos this week. Just here's what I want you to do. I'll put it on Facebook. Um, you read it and tell me what verse you liked. You don't have to post anything other than the verse that just caught you out of Second Chronicles, out of Job, those chapters, out of Revelation, uh, and out of Matthew there. So just let's do that kind of thing. And, and I may make a video for those when I get back, but right now I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time, so we won't do that. So this last week was... I mean, it was a super busy week. Um, I think some of you slept through today, okay, because you're so wore out from everything you did this week. But I want to I thank you as your pastor because you guys shined, okay, this past week. We don't have everybody in the house today because they're, they're upstairs right now, but we had something like, what did she say, 37 volunteers is what I got down on the sheet, 37 volunteers that made Vacation Bible School happen in some way or fashion, uh, did it, did all those kind of things. And so it was great to have Vacation Bible School. It was great to see what we had up here. Um, I'm looking forward to next year, right? We missed doing it. Um, VBS is, is kind of the heartbeat of a church, right? Because it's that place where we reach out and we share Christ. Pray for these kiddos that you saw up here, these, these that we talked to. Not all of them have accepted Christ, so pray for their salvation, okay? Pray for their salvation. Some of those kids, they're moving, all right? Their circumstances, and they're moving to Pennsylvania. We don't want to lose time. They plan on coming back, and when they come back, they're coming to church. But want to pray for them and their future. Also want to say thank you. So, so if, you were, if you volunteered for VBS, I want you to stand up. That's why I had everybody else sit down. So if you worked VBS... Yeah, thank you guys very, very much, okay? There was a lot of things going on. They, 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 we had a crew kitchen cooking food. We had the ones teaching. We had crafts. We had games outside. By the way, on this TV screen down there, if you just go camp out, there's probably about 20 minutes of pictures that you can look at, okay? You can see everything that went on. You can see Teresa with wet hair. Uh, <laughs> all of those things out there. You can see the kids at doing their crafts and at their tables and everything else like that. So I uh, encourage you to do that. We also did, and, you, and thank you guys because you gave last week. We were able to, every night, the kids went home with something, right? It's all gone now, I'm sure. But they went home with something to eat, and that was key in what you guys did. So thank you for that. And then, as I mentioned in feeding, we, were, we had lunch bunch this week, so Monday, Monday and Tuesday were super busy for the people that did both, okay? And it was busy for the rest of the week. But we had 22 workers is what I have down on the list that was given to me. 
they fed, they prepared in styrofoam boxes 1,032 meals that went out the doors last week. That's a lot of food. That's a lot of food. I'm going to have you guys, if you work the lunch bunch, stand up. If you're able, okay? That's not, that's not all 22 of them, and so, but, but anyway, thank you. Heather mentioned it earlier. When we were there, when I was, I got to go Tuesday and then Friday, but when I was there Tuesday, we were, we were cooking hot dogs. We had hot dogs at night but at church, but we had boiled hot dogs in water, and, and so it's not the way to serve them. And, and so anyway, on cold buns, but... um. And there's a story of that, too. <laughs> so, so Jeanette and the kitchen crew, she had help in the kitchen. They didn't just show up at 1030 on Wednesday. They went to work Wednesday earlier. They went to work, I don't know what days they worked. They, they kind of they had cots over there. And that helped. Um, we got food brought in. And they made sure that nobody went home with a hot dog after that. Okay? A after that, I think Thursday and Friday, that was the days that you didn't send them home with hot dogs. So that was cool to see. And just to see the extra effort that you guys put forth to make that happen. So thank you again for doing that. Guys, are you ready to go serve Jesus again? And do fireworks and all that stuff? Yeah? Okay? So... I have another minute left according to your schedule. <laughs> you all laugh. Hey, yeah. <laughs> okay. Guys, I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right? Let's go.